Books. I am one of your hosts, writer Danielle Bannister, and I am joined today by fellow writer Sherry Hayes. Welcome, Sherry. Hey, Danielle. How are you? I am surviving. I, I I've got my AC on. I know you're you're out there sweating without without any, but uh, it's I'm summer. Cool as a cucumber. I'm it's summer, man. It it may not it may not be officially summer. It's summer quite yet when we're recording this, but um, yeah, it's summer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, here in Maine, it it seems to to vary day to day. Yesterday mm. it was thunderstorms and cold, and today it's hot. So you just you never know in Maine what sort of weather you're gonna get. And if you don't like the weather, you just wait a minute because it's gonna change. So. Yeah, Ohio's not much better. We we have we have quite the shifting uh quite the shifting weather patterns here right. too. It's 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 crazy. But um, you know, it, it that does help because you don't end up spending like we don't often have those two week heat waves here. Yeah. Where, you know, you're just yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. Yeah, well, speaking so, of hot things. Yes, hot things. That was a great transition. How, what, what is, what is your, uh, what are you current, now you're still working on your, um, your series, right? Your, yes, yes, I'm still working on the Where You Left Me series. Um, it, the third volume went to the editor just yesterday. Mm. Uh, the fourth volume will be done its first draft by the end of this week. Um, and I'll start outlining the fifth draft of it fairly soon, but I do like to get a, a couple of drafts in before I start outlining the second one, the, 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 you know, just to make sure that you're like the draft queen, because <laughs> it's like, I mean, if I get two drafts, I'm like, you know, on any book, I, it's like, well, I got two drafts this time around. I need at like, least four. One is mostly just the dialogue and and I do do dialogue tags. I heard your podcast. I do do dialogue tags. What I don't put in is a lot of description. So it'll be like, you know, blah, blah, blah. She said, he said, whatever. But there's not usually a lot of description about what's going on in the scene or what's, you know, where they're at. It's mostly just dialogue. And then the second draft is where I go through and fill out the rest of it. Third draft is sort of tweaking sentence structure, choosing words, making sure I'm not repeating words. I have a, a nasty habit of being repetitive with words, using the same words. I think every writer does. I really do. Crazy, I, so that's, yeah, that's my third draft. And the fourth draft is I just listen to it on a word doc. I have it read mm -hmm. aloud and I just have it listen so that I can catch words that I miss, words like of or the, oftentimes those little throwaway words that your brain will automatically throw in there mm -hmm. with that fourth draft. It's, it's primarily just listening to that fourth draft. So I don't know if that counts as a draft, but that's, I count as, as a draft. But we're not talking about drafts today. You got me sidetracked no. on the thing that I love to talk about, writing drafts. Today, we are going to be talking about serial stories yeah something we both have uh some experience doing we do. we do we do and it just dawned on me that uh one of the things that we could add in terms of talking about serial stories um is also vela um i know i don't mm. think you've done a vela story but but i have so we can sort of talk a little bit about that as well but i thought before we like did a deep dive um i thought it might be a good idea to sort of maybe define different types of stories for those maybe new authors who are like, well, yeah. what's a series story? How is that different from, from other sorts of stories? So we have like a, a standalone, which right. is- Which is kind of self-explanatory when you yeah. think about it. It's a story that completely stands on its own. It's not, um, not connected in any way, shape or form. It, it is completely independent. Uh, your characters do not overlap to anything else, or if they do, they do so very vaguely. Like maybe they're a very minor subcharacter in another book, and that has really little to nothing to do with the plot of that book, or it's their character. Done. Now, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and. There is a gentleman, he uh, writes romantic comedies, don't ask me his names, I do not remember, 
but he has written like I think he wanted to say like thirty of them or something. Wow. It was a lot. It was a lot. Every last one of them are standalones, which is really an unheard of type phenomenon in the romance world because series are really the, e- the easier marketability. Romance um, readers much like what they like, and they want more of it. So a series yes. is a sort of a, a, a nice little pocket to live in if you write in romance. Uh, yes. Sci-fi and paranormal, but other genres, it makes complete sense to have a one and done. Murder mysteries or... Cozy know, mysteries. Uh, Even though cozy... Although, there are really... There's, there's really a... Um, there's really a niche for series in most. When I think of complete and utter standalones, where I think they're most prominent is in more uh, thrillers or yeah. crime yeah. fiction, yeah. things like that, because they are completely the encapsulating. Right. I mean, they're completely encapsulating. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're writing crime fiction, I mean, you are your story. I mean, you can write a crime fiction series, I guess, with the same, like, like a detective. Right, oh, with a detective. But it's, but it's more common to find a one and done in a, in, in that type of genre than it is to find it in romance. Um, so, which is what we both write. So, right. that's, uh, I think. So, let's, that brings us to standalones versus um, like, duets, trilogies, series, those type of things. Those are kind of a little more interconnected without being exactly the same thing. I mean, a a duet and a trilogy, they are series. But they are defined as series, whereas they are just defined two books. the number of them. Right. Right, two either two three. books or three. <laughs> um, so they're not, but they are still series because you're following, you know, you're following the same character or related characters right. through same although world same right situation a continuation it could be a continuation of a story that happened or it could be the other side of the story that happened so maybe book one is the point right. of view of how events happen and, and book two is well actually this is how i saw it happening so you could even do wet things that yeah there's well. there's a lot of there's a lot of variation with um, I think more with a duet than it is with a trilogy because with trilogies you usually have almost like a three act play. Yeah, is how trilogies are typically uh, things. If they're all the same, even if they're not necessarily a serial, which we will get into that in a minute, yeah. a little more detail. But even if they are like complete independent, not independent stories on their own, but even if they are sectioned off where you have a rising action a falling action that part of the story is kind of concluded but then at the end they usually set up the next book and then you have the same rising and falling action and then you set up the third book and then you have a big grand finale at the end of the third book and things i mean the hunger games comes to comes to mind even twilight comes to mind even though it's four books but it's the same basic principle. I mean, you have very defined things that happen in each book. They're all related, all about, you know, the same characters and, but they and each or have related their characters. Arc. Exactly. And the entire series has one big arc. So we've arc. got little arcs and then we've got one big arc that connects them all. So right. that's kind of what defines a series. Right. Where- overarching arcs. <laughs> right. Whereas a serial series, which is what we're mainly going to be talking about today, is the the story, the two books, they A, cannot be read out of order. They have to be read. Whether it's a duet, a trilogy, a four-book series, a ten-book series, it does not matter. They have to be read in order. They are often about the exact same same characters the entire way through, um, and so you, they they definitely differ from standalone and more independent series like a um, well even like a Hunger Games because even though Hunger Games is related and yeah you can do that the stories are I mean you could 
you'd find out you were missing something. You'd probably notice that you were missing some of the story, the setup of the story, if you read book two for book one. But you'd still have a story, a full story. Whereas with the serial, a lot of times, if you jump in, you're going to be lost. Yeah. Like, you yeah. have no clue what's going on or we why. We're counting on you to read from point A to point B. I mean... With any, you know, series like that, the, the, the authors will typically give you a little bit of a refresher because maybe it's been a hot second since the last book came out. But they're not going to take a long time. Take a long time to sort of recap, you know, what happened in prior yeah, books. Yeah, I, I always, yeah. yeah that's My rule of thumb is a paragraph. It, you... The author really should give no more than a paragraph to the recap, quote-unquote recap, um, before moving into the new part of the story. And the issue with that, that author's face, is that you have to be very clear in your blurb that this is a serial series and that it is, you know, it is the second or the third or the fourth, however many books in this Please series. Please put the number on your cover or your spine and or spine. Uh, put it, put it, put it in, in the blurb. You know, put it in when you're uploading to Amazon. You can manage series now. Make sure that mm -hmm. you're doing that because the less confusion you can give readers about where mm -hmm. they are, the better. So, yeah, absolutely doing that. Now, having said series, we know we have, like, duet and trilogies, but how many how many books would you say would sort of, like, be a good amount for a series? Is there, like, a, you know what, this would make a good amount for a series for you? Um, there's honestly, in my opinion, not a firm number. It really, it really has to be a realistic, realistic observation of the story that you need that you want to tell um for example <laughs> uh my finding in a series which is my serial series um i wrote the first book on that almost 11 years ago and it was i didn't know going into it how long it was going to be i didn't know that it was going Sometimes to be we don't know these things more than one book and, oh, you do? You're the planner. You know everything before you write the first word. No, 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 no. My first trilogy was supposed to be a one and done. I ended the book. It was a clear ending. It was a the end moment. And then Reader said, when's book two coming? What do you mean, when is book two? Did you read the first book? And then they were like, yeah, but you couldn't you do this? And I'm like, oh, I could do that. So sometimes the readers will give you ideas that you hadn't thought of before, and you can continue down that series that you weren't planning on. <laughs> true, true, that is true. With my Finding Anna series, however, that was not the case. I knew that the story that I wanted to tell was going to take more than one book, more than two books. I did not know how many books that was going to be. Um, originally figured it was going to be four, wrapped it up. Uh, Fourth book was a very large book, um, 146,000 words. That's a big boy. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's a thick. Um, especially for a romance novel. If you're listening and you're not, and you're not a romance writer, uh, the typical romance book is around 80,000 words. And it, it, ish. Romance, contemporary romance can be anywhere from like 50 to 90. Yeah. That pocket. That right. So when you say, when you say like, yeah, 70, 80 is the average, and you say, oh, here's this 146,000 word book, it stands out a little bit. So anyway, I, I wrapped it up. And the only reason I wrapped it up is because I was with the publisher at the time. And when we got about halfway through, I told him, I was like, I don't know if I can wrap this up in this book, um, because there was still so much more story that I needed to get in there. And they're like, okay, you cannot draw this out for a fifth book because readers are going to kill you if you if you do this. When so, was this? <laughs> this must have been years ago. 
this was years ago. This was okay. years and years ago. Because now they wouldn't tell, they would be like, yes, give me more, give me more, give me more. Yeah. Make it ten well, books. Well, it was because it was because I was leaving. Keep in mind, this is a serial series. So one of the common themes of a serial se- series, as opposed to a series where you have related books like all four brothers, like my Daniel's brothers series. Or my Serpent's Kiss series, where um, all the characters are part of a private BDSM club. So that's the connecting factor. But serial series, because the story goes on and on, and it's just a continual kind of gradual progression, I would leave the end of every book with a cliffhanger. So my, my, and I don't write fast. I should point that out. I do not write fast. I'm a very slow writer, especially in the romance realm, because there are romance writers that publish books every month, every other month, every three months. And if I can get a book out every six months, I am lucky. So I do not write quickly. And so my publisher was like, yeah, you can't leave them hanging again. Um, So we were really pushing. So I really pushed to get this book out. Uh, it ended up taking me nine months to get this one out instead of the six months that it was normally taking me because it was so long. And um, I was done. I, I finished the series out. I wrote a wrap-up epilogue. And similar to what you had happened to you, Danielle, I had readers going, are you going to write more? Are you going to write more? Are you going to write more? Um, and for about six years, I did um, I, I was, so this I was will like, be, no. so the book that you're working on now is six years in the making? Is that what you're saying? No, no, oh. I actually, so I, the one I'm working on now is part of my Serpent's Kiss series, so this is oh. my, uh, it's completely unrelated, it's gotcha. a series, but it's in, in a different series. Gotcha. The, I published, but I did write and publish the fifth book in my serial series, um, two years ago, which was change. And, but in order to do that, I had to go in to the fourth book, that 146,000 word book. And I had to remove the epilogue that I wrote because it, it jumped in time five years and wrapped everything up nice and neat with a little pretty bow. And epilogue off is to do. Right. And so in order to, Kind of because it did touch on some points where it was like, okay, I know my readers were like, oh, well, we want to see, we want to see this and we want to see that, and, you know, it'd be nice to do that. And I had kind of wrapped those things up in the epilogue like they had already happened. And I was like, crap, if I, if I want to actually write more story, I'm going to have to remove this epilogue so that I can actually touch on these things. So I can actually write these things happening instead of just kind of like looking back on them, which I kind of, I don't know. I had mixed feelings about doing because I loved my epilogue. I mean, it was, I cried the whole time I wrote it. It was just so like, it was like the culmination of everything coming together. I'm interesting to see if when you finish yours, Mm -hmm. write that last, right. Right. That last chapter. If you kind of have that. same well, thing. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I mean, right now I'm planning for five. Um, five was a number that seemed like a good amount for a series. And sort of doing mm-hmm. my research on, you know, serial series, five seemed to be like a, 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 an average number for series. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, so I will start with five. And if there is mass interest after five, then we can continue this series if there's interest, but I'm planning on wrapping up this story Mm -hmm. at five and it it might become something else after it, but I'm planning to stop at five just because the research told me that. So I had to then sort of come up with, you know, I had a nugget of an idea for a story and now I had to try to come up with, a nugget for five stories because I wanted to do a, a rapid release. Rapid for me is like every three months. That's like, and that's too yeah. much for me. That's too much for me. I already know that's too much for me, but I was, I was trying to do a rapid release, but it's just too much. It's too much. Uh, so 
yeah, it, it, you have to sort of plan out. And is that something that I, I guess you don't, right? You just sort of write how it goes and then you decide after you're done writing the book if there will be another. Is that sort of how you work? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. There is no shame in doing that at all. Lots of people yeah. work that way. Yeah. It is yeah. a way to do it. It is not a lesser way to do it at, at all. And then there are others like me who Ms. plan Plot. to the Ms. Plotter. Nth degree and you know has a, an outline overview for each one of the books. Before I've even written the outline, I need an overview of an outline that I haven't actually written yet. But this sort of one page worksheet helps me go, okay, that's what this book is going to be about. Okay. And then the next book will be about, all right. So book one is going to be about the, the fake wedding. Okay, great. Book two is going to be about the cruise that they take. Fine. Perfect. Book three is going to be once they have gotten off the boat and they're now what you're, you're fake married to this stranger you've just spent a week with. You know, it's reality now. And, you know, so just kind of mapping out that mm -hmm. has, has helped. And then that way each one has, you know, its own little sort of arc. But then there's also this, this arc overall of how the characters arc. Yeah. grow from page mm -hmm. one where we start to there eventually where, where they end in at the end of the book. So that that's how I do it. But right now in my volume four, my characters have gone off the outline and are going off on their own merry way. And I have no idea where they're going and what they're up to, but I'm, I'm allowing them their chaos for now. And I may have to rein them in and bring them back to what I had planned. But for now, I'm letting them play to see what they come up with. Because sometimes they have better ideas than I do. We'll see. Yeah, my, my, uh, <laughs> My brain, just the way it ambles, uh, tends to come up with better ideas when I kind of am relaxed and in the zone and just letting the ideas flow. Um, because my mind works a lot like you know, watching a television show. So I can like close my eyes and just let the scene play out in my head. And then I can just type it all out and it works that way for me. But I know, again, I think that's a big difference between a pantser and a plotter. Because a plotter really needs that those bullet points at very least to guide the story, whereas a plotter is really relying wholly on their ability to let their creativity and inspiration lead them uh, wherever. And it's just two different ways of approaching yeah. it. Because a plotter is looking at things; uh, they're letting that creativity and inspiration yeah. and things guide them as they're plotting out their story. Like they're thinking that through. Whereas when you're a pantser, you're just doing that. You're doing the same basic thing. You're just yeah. doing it as you write it. Yeah. My and first do it, so. several books were all pantsed. I, I didn't know anything about plotting until a few years ago. So, I mean, I, I, I totally understand and can totally appreciate it because I used to write like that. My drafts would take a lot longer to clean up because mm -hmm. I, I let my you and meander all over the place and be like, well, what is actually the story about? <laughs> what are you doing? So for me, yeah, I, is I more think, of a showing me right on this road. You can, you know, navigate the lanes, but at least here's the highway. <laughs> yeah, I think I think a lot of the advantage to me for me for as a as a writer, um, I'm kind of in a little bit of a unique position in as far as just most people tend to lean either left brain or right brain, the test, all the tests that I've taken literally put me smack dab in the center. Nice. nice. So I really have a good ability from a writing standpoint of being able to do the pantsing, but I have enough of a logical linear brain to be able to keep my creative side in check. So it really, so if you are a middle brain person, pantsing might be a really good idea for you because yeah. it, it allows you have that balance to do that. Whereas if you, if you lean one way or the other, you know, you, you may have to, you have to pick what works best for you. I will because, say that outlining can sort of help me understand story structure better than sort of pantsing has. I, I now understand sort of how stories 
work, how we like to hear stories. Not mm-hmm. all stories are, you know, the same. Right. There's a certain way we like as humans to hear stories. There's a, there's a, a trackable pattern in the way that we like to do it. And so mm-hmm. if you're doing that, you're giving your readers a, you know, a, a story that they're able to, to process and understand. You can always break those rules and those are mm-hmm. those stories that are like unique and different mm-hmm. or whatever. But if you can understand the structure, I think it's easier to pants if you know the basic story structure of something, mm-hmm. because then you can be like, oh, okay, I know where I'm approaching the middle of my book now. I know that, right. you know, something yeah. has to happen right now. Yeah, you know? I mean, you do have to, you do yeah. have to understand basic story structure and that you need rising and falling action. You need to know that there needs to be some, some tension or some drama or something fairly significant has to happen at by a certain point in the story and you know you've got to have some building character building and things like that and i i basically gauge all of that on my word count yeah so yeah. i know as i'm writing i'm like okay i'm getting close to um I'm getting close to 40,000 words yeah. and these characters have not slept together yet. Guess what? There's a sex scene coming! Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. It's a constant look at the word count and go, oh, I gotta wrap this thing up soon. I best, I best get yeah. to the point here. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, that's, that. well, so I guess here's a, a good sort of segue maybe. How do you know when it's time for a series to end? Like, maybe you, in your mind, have more story to tell, but how would you... I think you... it's when, when readers stop asking for it. I mean, I, I right now, I'm, I mean, I am planning to write a sixth book in my Finding in a series, um, which will hopefully be out next year. Um, but that is because I... I mean, I got, a, I got a message from a reader today who said she just finished reading um, Change, the fifth book. And wanted to know if I was writing more. So, I mean, you've got to kind of gauge twofold. Well, that, you got to gauge. Well, yeah. You've got to do it two. I think it's twofold. You, well, threefold. Okay. So, sales, one, if the book is selling. Two. Because you have to, you have to, the only reason sales matter yeah. is because you have to count your return on investment. We've got to, yeah, we've got to cover these, we've got to edit these. It costs money. If we're not going to make back at least what we put in cost, let alone the time that we put to write the thing, yep. we have to sort of decide, is it financially worth it for us to write a story that maybe I really want to write, but there isn't a market for. So continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and, you, and, you do, and you do have to decide that because there, you, there are people who write passion projects. So yep. sales, sales is a consideration, but it's not the only consideration. Correct. Right. Number two, I would say, is do readers want it? Are there readers out there that, you know, are still interested in the characters, still want more story? And you can and, get that from messages or even in the reviews. If people yes. like, can't wait for the next one. Or the sales. Yeah. Sales can, yeah. t- can determine that, too. If you've got, yeah. like, a whole bunch of sales, then, you know, that can, you know, that can, de- that can help to determine it. The third would be, and I think this is the hardest for writers, the third is, do you have more story to tell? Because the readers can want more story till the cows come home. Yeah, They never want the story and their favorite characters to go away. Ever, 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 ever. Right, right. I mean, there are, there are characters that, I, that I've read, where I've reread their books like five, six times because I love the story and I love the characters. And in my reader brain, I'm like, I want this story to go on. I want it to continue. But in actuality, do I really, you know, and, and again, the author told the story that they wanted to tell. And unless the author has more story that they want to tell, do I really want to read a story that's just kind of words on a page and, you know, nothing's really happening, characters aren't developing, um, and it's just, you know, like, bleh, just very bland? It, it, Sometimes stories end. <laughs> you right. have to be okay with that. <laughs> right, right. And I and I have, I, I'm pretty confident that the fourth book in the story uh, is going to be the last novel. I may write some short stories or novelettes or novellas or something. Um, 
later. I, I won't write it off entirely. Maybe I'll get an idea somewhere down the road. However, I have another story that will be a spinoff of that um, that I want to tell. And that is really pulling me to the point where it's been on my brain <laughs> right. so much lately that I'm scared. Like, I want to... I want to dive into it, but I can't because I have to finish the book I'm working on. I have to write the sixth book of uh, my Finding Anna series before I can tackle this book. So this book is literally at least a year out before I can even start it. Oh, that's frustrating. And I'm like, oh, and I am finding, and this is the sad part, I am finding that I really like writing very... um, emotionally dark uh traumatized characters there's a niche for that and especially especially female characters that have basically went through hell and um how to basically get them from there yeah how to get them from this point to um to a place to a better place which is essentially what my finding anna series is it's one of the reasons why my readers fell in love with that series because at the beginning of that series and it's one of the reasons it's taken it took four books for me to get to where i was comfortable wrapping it up because when the start of that series she they, she's rescued from a human trafficking situation so she's rescued and she she's she's lost her identity she has, she's just this shell of a human being. She's closed her mind off to protect herself, as survivors often do. Um, so it was a matter, the whole series was about pulling her out again, like finding herself again, um, and her learning how to address and deal with this trauma that she's in, finding who she is again after all of this has happened. And that's another reason why it took more than one book. I, I have had a few reviewers go, this should have been done in one book. I'm like, you tell me how I was supposed to address all of these issues in one book without it being like, you know, I don't know, a 500-page challenging girl on fire to survivor story and it was it was definitely a hard one to write and i'm, I'm sort of trying to write another one and it's, it's very difficult headspace to live in but oh i'm not saying it's not it yeah, is yeah. <laughs> it is I, I, but for I some reason they call it to me of, know. you know contemporary sexy romance where they are having some sexy job that's much easier to write for me but I understand. Well, that, it's know. one of the reasons when I wrote my Finding Anna series, I would go back and forth. I'd write a book. I'd write yeah. one book in the series. And then I would go and I'd write one of my Daniels Brothers books, yeah. which is just straight adult contemporary romance. No BDSM. No things. Exactly. It yeah. really was a palette. And it's something I need. So I'm thinking that what I'm going to end up doing if I do go down that road is I'm going to continue writing my Serpent's Kiss series, which is straight BDSM erotic romance, um, which is essentially, I mean, it's essentially contemporary, adult contemporary romance, just with a little more graphic sex and with the kinky BDSM in there as well. So, but it's still not like dark and uh, like, I'm not dealing with sex, you know, sex slavery or, you know domestic abuse mm, right, or, yeah. you know, I'm not well, dealing with all that. That could be a, maybe one of, I was going to ask you about sort of pros and cons about writing a series. And I suppose that could be a con. If you're writing a really sort of dark series, you're sort of committing yourself to mm-hmm. that dark headspace for however many books it is that you're planning on. And if you are somebody who sort of needs that sort of palate cleanser for your brain, you've got to sort of mm-hmm. be able to plan you know, the time to be able to write the dark one, write the light one, write the dark, you know. So that can be sort of, I suppose, a con in terms of planning. You've just got to be a little bit more more careful in what you're doing. But what what would you say might be some of the pros or cons to, to writing a series for, for you? Well, the pros are for sure that you can build a readership. 
because if you ha if you're writing a story that touches people or um, they enjoy that they're involved and they're invested in, um, once they're invested, they're invested. Unless you completely jump the shark and um, you know go off your <laughs> your characters do something that your characters have not been set up to do, they will let you know. <laughs> exactly. But as long as you know that you you're building that you're building that um, that readership up, and those readers will follow you and continue to um, to go, which which will help because my finding in a series is my best selling series, um, and from an indie standpoint, it is um, still after eleven years, it still sells very well. Um, so that's that's an advantage um a disadvantage is just a keeping the story fresh and new because you don't want it to get tired um you, you know you don't want to just again just write it just to be writing it and not have um any anywhere to go with the story um and yeah because you don't want to end it I mean, think about it from a term of television shows. It's right. a perfect example. How many television series have we all watched over the years where this, it started out really, really good, and by the time it ended, we just didn't care anymore? Series that went on too long. And in, in sort of in romance, it's, I mean, even in TV series, mm -hmm. if there's like a slow burn romance in a series... The second you get that couple together, your series is over. That was that was your that was your peak. And if you try to kind of keep going after that, it's gonna fizzle because that was sort of the thing that. So romance, and then in terms of that, if you ever notice some of these shows, once that once the a, a, a classic example maybe is like uh, uh, Cheers, you know, mm -hmm. sort of that, that whole dynamic, or maybe even The Office with Kevin mm -hmm. Jim. Once they got together. Uh, kind of <laughs> so yep. I mean, you do have to pay attention to those things when you're right. writing series. Like when right. do the things sort of <laughs> drop away? Right. And go, okay, we're done here. <laughs> yeah, and I think, and I yeah, you do have to pay attention to that because um, I will say for an example of a counterpoint on that was the story of the TV show Bones. That, I watched it. That TV show went on for twelve years, wow. I think. Wow. And I think they got together, the couple got together in like the sixth or seventh season. Wow. So they weren't able to go on, but they had, the couple had this, the whole reason why people wanted them together was because they had this banter and this relationship both personally and professionally. And that banter didn't change. The dynamic changed a little bit, but it was still, they were still... But, you know, they didn't just go like, oh, you know, just it was all happy ever like after. We're still, yeah. Right. And they, plus they were still solving these cases. And so you had that mystery element and the danger element and all of that stuff. So they were able to make it work. But that's yeah. hard to do. Yeah. It I, is. I would, I would definitely say for, for series, there's, there's, you know, there's a time management piece that you really just have to really be thinking about. Um, and yeah, mm -hmm. that, that lack of boredom that you might get writing these characters for so long is a real uh, danger. But on the flip side, when you're writing a series, you're in these characters' heads so long that sometimes it becomes easy to write because you know them so well. But you do have to just sort of be careful that you're not getting lazy or you're getting bored. And, right. you know. and as long right. as the readers are enjoying it and you're enjoying it, and those are the two key elements is yeah. are you still enjoying it and are the readers still enjoying it? Because if the answer to both of those questions or really even one of those questions is no, then you really have to consider ending the series and and just moving on to something else. Um, because it's it's just, again, if you're not enjoying it, Why? I mean, it takes a lot of time and effort to write a book. Um, why are you going to spend hundreds of hours writing and editing something that you're not enjoying? That is much work as 
as it is for me to write a story when it's done, I know that I'm going to be proud of it and I'm going to enjoy what I did. Um, it may not feel that way every single second that I'm writing it, but in the end, I know that that's what's going to be. And it's, and I do enjoy certain aspects of it. I, I enjoy when I get into a, like get into a scene yeah. and I'm just like totally immersed from a the mental standpoint. Uh, or yeah. you just write it, or you read a scene. Have you ever read a scene where it, it, it like, like, like after it's done, like, say you, you go back, like you're just edit, maybe you're editing or something, and you go back and you're like, I wrote that. that I want to continue to go in. Now, the other aspect of that is readers, which kind of brings us to marketing a series. Because, you know, not very many of us are just doing this for the thrill of it. Some people, some writers are, but the vast majority of us would like to be able to make a living. Because again, it does take a lot of hours, a lot of time, time away from us doing and it Other costs things. Us money to do things, you know, we gotta pay yes, for editors is. and ads, and we're gonna have to make some of that back so that we have money right. to go to the next one. So, right, right. So, I would say marketing a series, a serial series specifically, is a little is similar but unique um, from writing a re- or for marketing a series. Yeah. First of all, with a series not a serial, an actual series, you can market any of the books in that series because the stories themselves are standalone. And like case in point with my Daniels Brothers series, there's four books in that series. Each book is a different brother finding his lady. They're all interconnected. They, you know, each brother, all the brothers show up at one point in time in each of the books. So you get to see, check back in, all that kind of things. But the stories themselves are completely standalone, and you can read them out of order. Right. So yeah. I can market those. If I want to market the fourth book in the series, I can market the fourth book in the series. Yeah. Yeah. Or I can run a special on the fourth book in the series or something like that, and it's not going to affect anything else. People would still be able to go back and reread those first books. Yeah. You cannot do that when you're marketing a serial. Right. You cannot. You have to. If you're going to advertise a book, you have to advertise the first book and the first book only. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can, you can do, like, some pushes for when the second, you know, third books come out, but that's not going to be, like, your, your big marketing push. Mm-hmm. Your big marketing push will be and always will be book one. You need mm-hmm. readers to start at book one. Um, you know, right. I, 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 too, have a, a series that Doppelganger must have copy taking stock they all take place in the same town and there's some crossover characters that, that happen, but they're all sort of individually. So yeah, I could do a full market push for all three of them, but for the series, you know, until I get all, at least the the fifth book on pre-order, I'm not hitting this series hard marketing wise because I want the readers to be able to start with one point and go all the way through. And right now they can't. So, you know, I am doing some marketing, so my sales are not going to be as high as they probably will be. I'm hoping, knocking on wood, that they will be once all five are available. And that's sort of something you have to sort of consider right. when you're when you're planning out a series is that that might be the case, that you might not get the amount of sales that you were hoping for because you haven't written enough to really get the buzz going. People, when there's a series... Mm-hmm. They want the full, they want it all. They want to binge it. We are a binge nation. Whether we like it or not, we want to binge content. And so it's harder until you get them yeah. all out. So just kind of know that and be aware of that when you decide, am I going to write a serial series of stories mm-hmm. or am I just going to write, you know, standalones that are in right. the same sort of universe? Which is one of the reasons why uh, a, a lot of authors have a rule of thumb. of If they're going to do a serial series, they have everything written 
before they ever release the first book. They will take, they'll take six months to a year. Or longer. Yeah, or longer, depending. And just write, 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 write. And then they will rapid release those once a month. Much smarter than doing or what once I'm every doing. or once every six them. months. Yeah, I think I think looking back, you would have probably been yeah, like, "Hey, I, I think I should just write it all and right. then just and release I'm, it all." I'm only writing novellas, which are only about twenty five thousand, thirty thousand words, so it's not even a full novel. So it's it's hard to write that fast. When, but I also have you know full time day job. So I mean, if you were doing this writing full time. You could probably crank it out a little faster, but uh, right, you less right. hours in the day. Than, right than some now, do, so. now one one other thing that I would say is for a serial series, even more so than a, and it, this is a strategy that works for a series in general, but especially for a serial series, is doing the first book for free. Now, if you're in KU, that doesn't work. Right. Right. Um. I personally am not a fan of KU, but that's, you know, I have never, I've, I've, I've never been a fan of KU. I tried one book in KU years ago, did not like it, didn't see any movement. And I was like, nope, not for me. It's very specific to genre. And yeah. So, but yeah, but yeah, once you have all of them out, yeah, you can do that. I think when you're, if you're releasing them sort of one at a time, you can start them at higher price points. But once... Once you get them all out, you can drop that first one. And if not free, at least 99 cents. Yeah, I really think, though, that free is the yeah. is the preferred way to go on a serial for the sheer fact that if you have a good story, if you have a compelling story, um, the readers are going to, once they read the first book, the you're hoping for at least 50% of them to want to go on and read the second book. Amazon so, does make it a little trickier now make things free but and some people just have a you know like a, yeah. i'm gonna I have to charge something 99 cents is at least you know you'll make 33 32 pennies but it know? is going to be less likely that people are going to take a chance on you if you do not, there, they do not sort of, know you there's, there's give and take with that because then there, there's you know a lot of people who will say that 99 cents and free are people will just grab them and put them in their kindles but they won't read them because mm-hmm. they're just sort of like extra candy but they might be the more likely to read books that are 2.99 and higher because they paid more for it so it in terms they of will. value to the reader it's this one is worth more so i will and the other ones can sit and wait so it's it's a it's a delicate balance of you know wanting to get as many as possible but also getting them read because you don't just flip it down you want them to read so that they will then read the rest that. I do understand that. Again, I do. Yeah. Get, I do get that. But I am a firm believer for serial series. Yeah. Perma, first, perma free is definitely, is the way to go. It's, it's something. A strong way to go. My 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 first book in my finding in a series, Slave, yeah. has been perma free for at least five years. Yeah. And again, I'm eleven years since it was released. And it is still my best-selling series yeah. out of all my books. So um, it, it comes down to if you've got a compelling series and you can get it out there um, and you can get people. Because, again, even if, you, even if, only, even if only, say, 20% of those people that download that perma-free book go on to read the second book and then the third book the yeah. and then the fourth book, you you've made book. up made up your money from that so um you've got to keep that in mind i know it's a hard pill to swallow and i i tip i'm i'm more hesitant to do it on books that do not go like series that do not go on for a longer period of time i will i mean i'll be on right you have to have enough of a back end in order to make up that money you're losing on the front end but it is a marketing strategy yeah. that is proven to work, especially on serials and longer series. Right. So something to I would seriously keep in if mind. You have probably at least five books more. Yeah. If, if it's if it's just if you just have if it's a trilogy, I would not yeah. recommend doing. You're not going to make enough back when you have your first. No, no, not to think. So, um, 
any any uh, advice that you give <laughs> uh, as we wrap things yeah. up? I, I, my my quick one sentence advice would be uh, plan it out. <laughs> Your advice would probably not be that, but my, my advice would be plan it out. See if you can actually write it, and then decide if you want to do it. <laughs> yeah, um, my my piece of advice is um, actually going to be on marketing it. Uh, look at what your competition is doing. Look at the other serial series that are out there um, and how those authors are marketing them and kind of get an idea of what's working, what's not. Um, and before you dive in, because again, marketing a serial doing? series is a little bit different, not entirely, but a little bit different than a um, normal series. Right. Um, so, and it does come with its own challenges and um, just parameters. So just just do your marketing research before before you really ever hit that publish button. It will make you a lot less stressed on the back end if it's you true. do. It's true. And, and next week's podcast, yes. we'll talk, well, we won't talk, but we'll have another discussion about spinoffs and how those are completely different serial story so if you want to know about that stay tuned for next week but until next time bye bye thank you for listening to the bound by books podcast for more information about the show and all of our hosts visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com and if you enjoyed the podcast please subscribe and leave a review